Are you prepared for the word? Did you prepare your hearts? Yeah, like stir it up. Put your hand on your heart. Might the spirit of the living God point you to Jesus. As the word is being spoke, might he reveal who Jesus is to you. Might all the other places that, you, that have been in your heart just be pushed aside that you might know him more. God, we come searching and seeking after you this morning. And it says if we seek after you, we'll find you. And you'll show us more about you. And so I'm asking God as the word comes forth today that you would just unveil yourself to us. That there might be a spirit of revelation this morning. Unveiling the mighty power of Jesus in our lives. I thank you, God, for just doing such a work in our hearts this morning that would go on into eternity. In Jesus' name I ask, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus spoke a profound truth when he said in John 8, 31 and 32, then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my words, you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Hallelujah. That's one of the greatest places of victory, is when we realize what God has done for us in Christ. Amen. Maybe we can see a little bit in Peter, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 1. It says, Simon Peter, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, of the apostle, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained like precious faith with us by the righteousness of God and our Savior Jesus Christ. The, the, the key phrase in that is to those who have obtained like precious faith. You know who those people are? Me. Us. Us. We have obtained like precious faith with them. And, and, in other words, you and I are included in what Peter is writing here. We have obtained that faith, and that faith is the fruit of righteousness, which comes from Jesus. And then in verse 2, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ our Lord. Pay particular attention to that phrase, the knowledge of God. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God. People might be seeking for peace today. But most of them are seeking for peace in places where they can't find it. Peace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of God. Then in verse 3, it says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. All things. All things. Let me say that again. All things. Yeah, he has given to us. And if he, if, he, if he gave us everything, then there's anything more to give, is there? He gave us all things. Doesn't say he's going to give you all things sometime, does it? When does it say he gave them to you? In the past, right? <clears throat> he's already done it. He's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. That comes to the knowledge of God. Wow. Today, the born-again believer, 
That means you and I, we stand in a unique place of having dominion, of having authority in every world by being one with Christ. John 17, 21 through 23, it says, I pray for them, this is in, <clears throat> in Jesus, um, this powerful prayer of Jesus in John 17, and in the middle of that he says, I pray for them all to be joined together as one, even as you and I, Father, are joined together as one. I pray for them to become one with us so that the world will know that you sent me. And verse 22, this one phrase in verse 22 just really gripped my heart. I was thinking seriously about preaching the whole message on this one phrase. I'm not going to, but it's just so powerful. It says, for the very glory that you have given me, I have given to them. Jesus said the very glory that God gave him, he gave to us. Wow, that I just I got to study that some and unpack what that means. The very glory that you gave to me, I have given them, so that they will be joined together as one and experience the same unity that we enjoy. You live fully in me, and now I live fully in them, so that they will experience perfect unity, and the world will be convinced that you have sent me. For they will see that you love each one of them with the same passionate love that you have for me. You are one with him. He lives fully in us. You have authority to bind evil forces that come against you on the earth. The powers of darkness, demons, outlaw spirits, anything. That's an enemy. You have an authority to bind them in the earth. You know, there's a parallel between Adam and the believer. Adam stood at the beginning as the church stands today. He had the authority to say, Satan, get out of here. Depart this planet forever. But he didn't. He failed to use his authority and so he lost it. The church stands today in a parallel position to him. We can use our authority or we can turn it over to Satan and allow him to operate. The difference is that when Adam did that, all of us lost what he had. But today, if you, if I fail to use my authority, it doesn't take yours away. Any born-again person who desires to use the name of Jesus and proclaim the authority God has given him can do so and see results. But the person who refuses to act on his own authority permits Satan to walk all over him. He denies his authority and Satan takes up the slack immediately. He's actively looking for every opportunity to do so. And sometimes as Christians, we're allowing Satan to run all over us. In Hosea 4, 6, it says, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. We have to learn what the name of Jesus gives us. We have to learn what the name of Jesus gives us. Satan can do very little against us unless we give him the right. Is a man with authority to use the name of Jesus as one of the most powerful individuals on the planet. Far more powerful than evil spirits or demons, principalities or powers, or rulers of darkness, or even the devil himself. He is far more powerful. Man is God's power tool. 
if he will be obedient and let God work through him. Amen? Amen. The problem is, when we apply our Western thinking to this Hebraic concept, the, the concept of a name, we, we, we lose something. So to correctly understand what it means, let me refer you back to a book, uh, a verse in Exodus, chapter 23. It says in verse 20 through 21, Behold, I send an angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. That last phrase, my name is in him. A name, it's not a tag or a title by which you are known, but it is, it is who you are. The concept in the Hebrew goes much deeper. It's, it's who you are standing for, who, who you are representing. The angel in Exodus 23 stood as God to the people. He fully represented God to the people. It was, if, it was as if God himself were standing in front of Moses. And yet this angel represented God's authority. He could speak for God. So the name equals authority. The name equals authority, which is the title of the message. His name equals authority. God's name was in the angel. God's name was in Jesus. And God's name is in us as believers. And we have authority in his name. Even naturally, we can stand for our Father when he's unable to stand to represent himself. You may be a representative of your family. And so the same thing to some extent is part of our culture. Just our understanding of a name that can cloud our biblical interpretation. That is a name, not by that which you are called, is by as, as whom you stand for, who you represent. Because the battle we're fighting is a spiritual battle. And we have authority to use the name of Jesus to break evil powers and influence them. And that influence people. We can use his name to break the powers of darkness that rule men. We are the agents we are the agents agents that God appoints and uses to bring forth the manifestation of his power. In Ephesians 1.19 it says, I pray God that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of his power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of the immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly places. And now is the exalted far above every ruler, authority, government, and realm of power in existence. Everyone, every, every power in existence, he is above them. He is gloriously enthroned over every name that is ever praised, not only in this age, but in the age that is coming. And he alone is leader and source of everything 
needed in the church. God has put everything beneath the authority of Jesus Christ and has given him the highest rank above all others. And now we, his church, are his body and that which fills him who is being filled by it. And then in chapter 2, first verse and then 5 and 6, and this is his fullness which fills you even though you were once like corpses, dead in your sins and offenses. Even when we were dead and doomed for our many sins, he united us into the very life of Christ and saved us by his wonderful grace. He raised us up with Christ, the exalted one, and we ascended with him into the glorious perfection and authority of the heavenly realm. For now we are co-seated as one with Christ. Wow. Paul's saying that he quickened us. He made us alive together with Jesus. And he seated us. Raised us up and seated us with him in heavenly places. When he was seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, that's when you were raised up and seated with him in power and in authority. We are one with him. We may not be seated there in a physical sense. Our bodies might not be there, but Jesus is there to appear in the presence of God for us, and we are with him. In so many words, Jesus said, if you represent me on earth, I'll represent you in heaven. Wow. You are well represented there. As far as God is concerned, when God looks at you, he sees you seated at the right hand of the power on high. Right there with Jesus. That in, then in verse 7, the next verse there, it says that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. Hmm. I, I can understand why John would say in, the first, in 1 John 4, 4, you are of God, little children, and you have overcome them. Who overcame who? The principalities, the powers, the rulers of darkness. You overcame them all. As far as God is concerned, you have been raised up and made to sit in heavenly place in Christ. And we're seated there in his name. Jesus is far above all principalities and powers. And so are you. So are you. And you have his mighty name. And then the second half of that verse, it says, because greater is he that is in you than he who is in the world. Greater is he who is in you. The greater one is there. The one in the world is not so great. In fact, he is totally defeated. Satan is totally defeated. Amen? He is totally defeated. In verse seven, 17 of chapter 4, 1 John, it says, Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Wow. He has given us his name, his authority, his power. 
to use. He said, kill the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers. Freely you have received, freely give. Because Jesus is the Lord. He is victorious. He's more than a conqueror. Do you see him as he is? Do you see him seated at the right hand of the Father, far above all principality and power, might and dominion, and that he has given you his name to use? We are exalted with him. We're standing with him. We're we're there. Because I believe we're coming into a time unlike anything we've ever seen before. There may be wars and rumors of wars, but there's also going to be great revival. A time in which God is going to manifest his power and his ability through people who recognize their authority. Jesus is going to use us. He's going, you're going to see it in this generation. We, will, we are the generation that will see his power revealed like no one else has ever seen. Because the greatest revival in the world, it's already happening. We're part of it. <clears throat> There's thousands of churches gathering and groups praying to send for God to send revival. And the last day revival is here. It's already here. Maybe um, we can't see it if we're looking through our religious ideas, but it's here. In John 17, 1 through 4, it says, Jesus spoke these words, lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son, that your son may also glorify you, as you have given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him, as this is life eternal, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have glorified you on the earth, I have finished the work you've given me to do. Wow. Jesus is so, so good. And Jesus said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, the ability of God. He's going to reside within you. And you have authority and the ability to destroy the works of the devil. Like, I, I thought about the title for this message. It could be, you say it and I'll do it. You have the authority in the earth to speak his word. And when you speak his word, he backs it up. He does it. In other words, God's like you see, if you let me use your mouth, I'll let you use my ability. He wants to move, but he needs us to move with him. Any person born of the Spirit of God is capable of operating on the same level of faith as God. He has the power source of the Father. He has the life of the Holy Spirit in him. It's time for the church to get a revelation of this. Satan doesn't have any authority here. There's no authority left on earth for him because Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. I mean, somebody doesn't have any if he has it all. I like what John, John, Jesus said in John twelve thirty one. 
Now this is the judgment. Now the judgment of this. You start over. Now is the judgment of this world. The ruler of the world will be cast out. He's saying that man has the authority to operate with the legal authority in every world from the earth. You might say, well, I'm glad that every knee will bow to Jesus someday. I'm glad that he'll be victorious someday, but it doesn't say that. It says every knee will bow to the name of Jesus, and he gave us his name to use. Mark 16, 17 and 18 says, These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall see them recover. You have that authority. You have his name. The name of Jesus has authority not not just on the earth, but in every realm, in every world. And his delegated authority has been given to you. That verse in Philippians says, Every knee shall bow, and every tongue shall confess of things in heaven, and things in the earth, and things under the earth. And we stand in a unique position to use his name. You've been given his authority. We can bind things on the earth that are bound in heaven. We can loose things on the earth that are loose in heaven because we have the authority of his name. We stand in a unique position in the earth and he has given us the same authority that he had. The same power, the same ability, the same Holy Spirit that he had. He's given to us. John seventeen twenty six, he said, and I have declared to them your name. Jesus said, I have declared your name to them, and I will declare it, that the love which you have for me may be in them, and I in them. In other words, he said, I have declared your name to them. I have declared Jehovah Rapha. I have declared Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Shalom. I have declared your name, Jehovah Rai. Jehovah Jireh. I have declared every name that there is to declare. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father. And how will he continue to declare that name? He's going to continue it through the voice of believers. Through you and me. People anointed with the Holy Spirit using that name. Do you see the picture? Jesus will declare God's name through the people who are anointed with the Holy Spirit as they become one with him. You stand in a position of having authority in God's word in every world. The the glorified Christ has delegated his authority to you and to me to stand up and say, this is what the Lord says. This is what the Lord's doing. This is where his glory is shining. And Hebrews 4, 16 says, Let's come boldly to the throne of grace obtain help. Jesus has given us, God has given us Jesus' name, which is above every name. That the name of Jesus, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess. Yes, Lord. 
He is ruling and he will be victorious. He is victorious. Every knee bows to the name Jesus. No name is greater. And he gave us his name. That's amazing. Amazing. So walk in the authority of that name. Walk in the authority of that name. Let me say that again. Walk in the authority of his name. Begin to use his name the way he wants you to, to speak his word, to declare his life, to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the lepers, to freely give what we have freely received. His name is powerful. It's so powerful. We can't even imagine the power that his name holds. In Ephesians we read, he has the supreme authority over everyone everywhere. Jesus is Lord. He is Lord, and his lordship will be expressed through his people, through you and through me. In Ephesians 3.21, it says, Unto him be glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations, forever and ever. Amen. All the time, all the time, his name is glorified as we lift it up. Let's stand. Jesus, we revel in your name. You've given us your name to use in the earth, to exert your your presence, to see your name be lifted up, see your glory shine forth. You said that the same glory that the Father gave you, you've given to us that we might shine as lights in a dark world that we might speak your name and change atmospheres, change what's happening in the earth. Using the authority you've given us, take dominion over the powers of darkness and say you can't operate here. You have no authority. Jesus has all authority. And he has, and he has empowered me to use his authority, to use his name. So Father, we thank you so much for the authority that you gave Jesus and that he has given to us. He gave us his name. And in the name of Jesus, we stand victorious. We stand victorious. We stand so, so victorious. More than conquerors. And we thank you for that. We thank you for his name. And for the, for the joy that it brings our hearts. In the midst of darkness that we see all around, we know who wins the battle. Jesus is victorious, and he wins. He wins the battle. We thank you and love you and praise you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Put your hand in your heart this morning. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you. The Lord be gracious unto you, lift up his guns upon you, and give you peace in the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Go in his grace today. In his name, stand forth. Amen.